Welcome to Elemental Talks, a podcast that airs innovative voices from the worlds of marketing, design, and development. Listen to experts exploring best practices and learn how to build better websites. Joe Howard is the founder of WP Buffs, a 24-7 WordPress website maintenance service for entrepreneurs and small businesses, website owners, and white-label partners. Joe also runs WPMRR, a video course that teaches WordPress professionals how to implement, sell, and execute ongoing care plans for the clients, as well as how to increase their revenues. In this podcast, Joe examines the advantages that service companies have over product companies, lists the most common support tickets they receive, and shares his experience with hiring remote employees. Welcome to another episode of Elemental Talks. This is Matan, and today our guest is the co-founder of WP Buffs, Joe Howard. Hi, Joe. Hey, Matan. How's it going? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. It's going to be fun. So, for our listeners who are not familiar with WP Buffs, WP Buffs is a 24-7 WordPress website maintenance service for entrepreneurs, for small businesses, website owners and white label partners. We're going to talk all about that later on, but we have to start from the beginning. So first, how did you find yourself uh, in the WordPress business? Yeah, I was a high school math teacher for a couple of years after I graduated from college. I, I studied math and education. So yeah, uh, I was a math teacher for a couple of years. And then uh, when I was uh, deciding to transition to a new job, I was kind of looking at more digital stuff. So I learned a little digital marketing and uh, SEO uh, and kind of fell into WordPress. It was kind of like the happy medium between uh, it was simple enough to get started so I could build a website and put a website together myself, but it wasn't so advanced that I had to learn a ton of coding languages or something to, to put a site together. So I was like, yeah, I'll just build some client sites on WordPress. Uh, I'll help them out with some marketing stuff. And yeah, that'll be my business. So yeah, that's how kind of I originally found WordPress. So did, did you have any previous knowledge in coding? Do you know coding? I'm super non-technical. So like, it, don't hire me as developer for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I always leave that to my team. They're much better at that than I am. Uh, but I know, the ba- you know, I know some basic HTML and CSS. Um, but yeah, I putting websites together, really just kind of using the WordPress infrastructure. Uh, obviously, WordPress is great because you can customize it as much as you want to. You can get really advanced. You can go headless. You can do all this stuff. But uh, yeah, I was just using WordPress kind of with the base functionality um, and maybe even a page builder like Elementor. Although when I was starting out, I guess I couldn't use Elementor back then, but glad I can now. And what are your sweet spots, uh, so to say, so to speak? Yeah, I guess I guess your question is kind of like, where do I add value to the business uh, or to, to WP Buff? So yeah, my background's uh, more in kind of the marketing and business development side of things. Uh, so I was the first employee at a, a couple uh, SEO agencies uh, and kind of learned all that stuff uh, kind of through experimentation, uh, trial and error. Uh, and so yeah, that's where I'm really strong uh, in terms of like, figuring out how to drive traffic to our website and to our blog, and then how to um, you know, convert new website visitors into uh, business, into new customers, into uh, new white label partners for us. Um, that's kind of my sweet spot in the business. Um, although now at this point, I'm, you know, I help out when it comes to hiring, when it comes to like how our remote team functions. Um, I do kind of float across uh, a few different functionalities of the business. You know, I help Nick out with operations. I help Dean out with customer success. Um, although they take on most of those, most of those roles themselves. I just kind of, you know, I'm here to ask questions and to, you know, double check things. Uh, but for the most part, they kind of handle those parts themselves. 
And uh, WP Buffs exists for three years now, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, we just celebrated our fourth birthday, fourth, so just over okay. three. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm a bit late behind. Oh, no, just yeah. close, close enough. <laughs> what were the struggles that, you know, uh, motivated you to come up with a service uh, solution? Because I'll tell you why I'm asking that, because... Um, having so many interviews from the WordPress ecosystem, many of them have this natural progression of, you know, starting out as a developer or a web creator, someone who just, you know, build websites and then he has, uh, let's say, a, a small agency. The next step for a lot of them was to come up with a plugin. And although plugins is, may have more glory, perhaps, you know, the, the, the products, um, it seems like service, um, service could be a better solution and much more fruitful, some would say. What's your take on that? I have lots of thoughts on this. <laughs> It'll be hard to fit this. We could do a whole podcast episode about this. Um, I think that, so what WP Buffs does in the, at its essence is really we're a services company. You're right. So uh, we're taking care of people's websites. Uh, we manage security and speed optimization, edits, updates, all that stuff. And then we have a white label program. We'll work with agencies who, you know, uh, agency has 100 sites. We'll manage it through them as a white label partner. They'll focus on other stuff they're doing. So at SM, in our essence, we're a services company, but it is a productized service. So we kind of take our service and we put it into this plan or this package and say, buy this plan, you pay on a monthly basis, you have monthly subscription, that allows us to focus more on monthly recurring revenue. So to me, that allows us to take a services-based approach and actually make it more scalable uh, as a productized service. Now, you're for sure you're right. There's like this notion that like, okay, you have a plug-in company, it's a little sexier, right? You're like kind of moving more in the SaaS direction. I actually think that if you get a plug-in right and you really kind of nail the marketing and the product market fit and all that stuff, it can be significantly more scalable than a productized service to, to run a good plugin. But it's also more difficult to do that. You have to be more technical. You have to really understand your audience and the plugin space you're in. Uh, and so I think I think that plugin a plugin can potentially be more fruitful if you get it right. It's also a little bit more risky because it's more difficult, I think, to pull off. I don't think we do any crazy like rocket science here at WP Buffs. We really just execute really well for our customers uh, and our partners. Uh, and they trust us with their lives. They trust us with their websites, uh, with their digital lives, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I, I personally do like being a services company, though. When you're a plugin company, who knows if people are going to need that plugin? Who knows in three years if another company will come along and uh, just make a better version of your product, that could that could happen. Uh, with a services company, it's like website or WordPress powers so much of the web, like someone's always going to need services. Someone's always going to need someone to come and help them with their website, regardless of whether, you know, we're working with the old editor. Now the new Gutenberg editor is coming out, you know. That's right. Is automatic coming and doing multi-language internal into WordPress. Is that going to mess with the multi-language plugin companies? Well, for us, it's like, well, any point along that stretch we can help people with. So I feel like it's a, it's hopefully a pretty sustainable uh, model for us. So hopefully we've made it for four years. Hopefully we'll be around in another four. And it actually leads me to the next question. There's a, there's quite a bit of a competition in this field. I, I know quite a few uh, services, maintenance services for WordPress websites. How do you stand out from your competitors? Yeah, I think that there are for sure a few people in the space now. It was interesting when I came in because <clears throat> I was I was pretty much like freelancing before. I was building websites for customers and I couldn't really scale that business model. Obviously, people have shown that they can. There are a lot of successful agencies that build websites and have scaled to like a pretty big point. But I just could never really get that to work. So that's kind of why I moved into more 
let's focus more on subscription and kind of go more in this productized service direction. Uh, and when I came in, there were probably like 40 or 50 companies doing out there that I found, but I saw only like four or five of them that I was like, I would like to like emulate that and kind of try and uh, execute like they're executing in terms of their marketing, in terms of their business and on all that stuff. Now it's like, I mean, you look left, you look right, you look ahead. Like there are, you know, probably hundreds of companies that have started to do this. Maybe partially our fault because we do WPMRR, which is this video course that teaches people how to start their own business doing this. So some of the companies you see out there, they may have followed our blueprints as well. So hopefully they're doing well also. But uh, yeah, differentiating is, it becomes more and more difficult every day. One of the things we do is work 24-7. So we have a remote team, people uh, around the world in different time zones. So no matter whether it's you know 3 p.m. in the afternoon or 3 a.m. in the middle of the night, something goes wrong. Someone wants to send in a ticket. Someone's at the desk. You know, hour reply time. You know, few hour resolution time. Hopefully, if it's not too complex of an issue, that we can provide service all around the clock. So I think that allows us to cater to somewhat more serious business owners and people who really say I can't have my website down for any amount of time. Uh, you know, a nine to five Monday through Friday shop might not be able to handle that. Yeah, we give premium plugin access to our customers as well. So uh, they get things like WP Rocket, WP uh, Smush, um, iTheme Security, uh, all sorts of uh, different premium plugins. Yeah, exactly. And they get that for free with their subscription. So it's kind of like, well, you let us manage your website and you get all these other goodies for free as well. So people seem to like that. Um, yeah, and then our white label program is, it's a different approach than we see a lot of people doing. There are a few people out there that white label, but we work with direct customers. So we have entrepreneurs and small businesses who we manage a website. Totally cool. We love working with those people. I love working with those people because those are people like me. They're people who, uh, you know, started something and like need help on the technical side so they can focus on growing the business. You know, that's important. Um, but the white label program is for sure a differentiator for us because there are a lot of agencies or freelancers out there who want to, who want to push their customers or clients into 24 seven support, but they don't really have the manpower to like hire a big team and a remote team. We have that. So they just kind of plug into our ecosystem. We manage all the sites through their agency or through their freelancing business. Uh, their customers are super stoked with them. Uh, they get to make recurring revenue uh, as well. And then of course their customers come back to them when they need a new website. Like, Oh, these guys have been managing my site for two years now. I need a new site. Oh, I'm obviously going to go pay those guys, you know, 10,000, 20,000 bucks to build me a new website. Like that's a win for everybody. So yeah, I think those are some differentiators and we're always trying to think of new ones. So if you can, if you can think of any more, anybody listening, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> Maybe my next question, do you, the, the 24 seven uh, support that you provide this service right now, is it provided in more than just English right now is English and you basically provide it for different uh, customer clients around the world. Right now, it is only English support. We've been, it's funny that you asked that today, actually, because I was just in live chat with someone on our website yesterday asking, hey, do you guys do Spanish support? I have a lot of Spanish speaking customers. Yes. Yeah. And that's for sure something we're starting to think about. We've, so we've, we definitely are, you know, I was at Pressnomics last week. Um, I really love going to these kind of WordPress business conferences and kind of seeing what the WordPress ecosystem is looking like where we need to be in five years um, and uh, see what everyone else is doing there as well. But uh, I am definitely like I've seen companies like Kinsta who have like 
I mean, this is just one example of a lot of companies that uh, seem to be doing the same thing, but kind of pushing into this global ecosystem of uh, offering, you know, all their blog posts in multiple languages, um, offering support in multiple languages. Uh, and yeah, that's for sure something we're starting to think about actually we right now. The same challenges, you know, Elementor yeah. is growing up and we, we provide no for more, sure. we have more communities, of course, Latin America and then Asia and then Russia, and you got to keep it up, you know, so that that's a good. So um, who are your clients? Speaking of clients, you said you mentioned, you mentioned entrepreneurs and you mentioned, um, uh, small businesses you mentioned agencies do these clients have different needs yeah they do so our direct so at the at the end of the day we are uh providing care plans for people to manage websites so that doesn't really change but we do kind of have two different customer segments because we're, we're kind of like b2c and b2b like what you just said right so Direct care plans, um, we're really just working directly with website owners. Uh, and so those are people who, they've got a lot of stuff going on. Um, they And a lot of times they don't speak our technical language. So we really work a lot in terms of communication and setting expectation to make sure that like, we want to just handle WordPress for them. We don't want them to have to really, we want them to have all the advantages of WordPress, but none of the disadvantages. So like plug-in and theme conflicts, you know, website speed, like there are a lot of stuff that business owners have to do. and you know, this just adds to the pile. So we want to like take away from that pile of responsibilities that they have. Um, so those are like the big challenges there. But with agencies, we like working with agencies because they really speak our language. Like they understand WordPress, they understand, you know, uh, client facing work. And so a lot of uh, our best white label partners work directly with us uh, and tell us exactly what their clients need, what they don't need. Uh, and so we're able to kind of cater the experience to their clients. So uh, yeah, our white label partners are kind of like, the white label partners are technically our clients, but their clients are also our clients. So it kind of adds another layer of complexity to it. But uh, but yeah, I, I like the fact that we service both direct customers and agencies and freelancers though, because by servicing customers directly, like entrepreneurs and small businesses, we get a really good sense. We get a lot of great feedback on what people need with their uh, websites so that we can actually, it, it heightens the work that we do with our agency partners because we can take those learnings and say, here's what we think your clients need. Here's how we're going to approach this. We have a lot of expertise in this area. And some people do just white label. And I don't think that they sometimes get a lot of the same uh, experience uh, working with direct customers like we do. Mm -hmm. What would be the top five support tickets that you get? The most common inquiries. Just out of oh, curiosity, man. you know, it's... <laughs> Yeah, I might have to check with Nick on uh, on this because he knows all the support tickets that come in. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. I, I'm sure I could come up with a few. We for sure get uh, so during on onboarding, uh, we take care of uh, speed optimization, uh, kind of automatically, uh, like it's it's built into our onboarding. So someone signs up to a plan with that, we'll take care of that for them. But a lot of people, that's the first ticket they send in. It's like, hey, I need my site sped up, uh, and then we have to say like, hey, we take care of this during onboarding, uh, but. Yeah, cool. Thanks for sending in this ticket, obviously. So that's, we find that's a huge need for people. Um, so that's why that's part of our services. We do that when people start with us and then on an ongoing basis as well. Yeah, people often are sending in tickets. We have a lot of customers who publish a lot of content online and a lot of time they want to focus on writing great content and not necessarily like making optimizing it look it nice, too. optimizing it, making, uh, you know, what do I have as my SEO tags and like, oh, you know, there's a lot of steps to that. So 
we do a lot of content publishing with people. And so if people want to write their old content in a Google Doc, then we'll come in uh, and they'll send, send it to our team and we'll push it into WordPress. We'll, uh, you know, come in with Elementor and make sure that the blog post looks nice. Uh, and then we'll, uh, we'll help publish it. Uh, and so that all they really had to do was write the content. Uh, and that saves people a lot of time because I'm sure as you know, you know, as a lot of listeners know, the writing of the content is one thing, but then the formatting and the everything else you have to do after you finish writing 60%. before you publish, <laughs> yeah. it's all, oh, I was about to say, it's probably half and half. So uh, yeah. we take a lot of that time uh, away from people, which, which they uh, really enjoy. Yeah. I think that there's, there's some other stuff. There's, there's almost always, um, you know, just updates to website. A lot of people, we, we work with a lot of uh, e-commerce businesses, people running WooCommerce uh, shops uh, and people are pretty frequently like pushing in new, Oh, we know <laughs> new products, old products. You guys know exactly. Yeah. So there's always change with websites. We find that that's kind of our core customers, people who are, they want to be really active with their website. They, they know they have a lot to do. They have a lot to focus on, but they want to do the strategy and they want to be the, the general who's kind of leading the charge, but they don't necessarily want to like be in every single little, like which dashboard do I have to go in to make this change? Or like, which, how do I do this? Cause every, you know, every dashboard is different. So that's what we help them with. We help them win back their time. Um, so whenever they ask for, changes which frequently yeah. happen uh, that's what we're, we're there for oh when i don't expect that one activation or just updating one plugin can affect your whole websites yeah we this try to take that, that whole responsibility away from them because <laughs> like you said yeah one update could crash things potentially honestly that happens somewhat that, that happens most of the time wordpress works great i think people obviously highlight the when the bad things happen but 99 percent of times like updates go fine uh and a lot of times you can really automate a lot of updates so that they just go but there for sure are opportunities or, or there are times when you don't want to do that like you don't just want to like update woocommerce when a new uh, update comes like major update comes out because you don't know what's really going to change majorly there so yeah there we try to take updates off the plates of everybody. We like to handle all updates. We tell everyone like don't update, but every once in a while, you know, someone does a rogue update and something may happen. Uh, and we, uh, yeah, you know, with the numbers we're at now, I always tell the team this, like statistically speaking, like we manage hundreds of websites. So it's like, you know, hundred, like all of them are not going to go right all the time. Like there are going to be some things that happen, some things that are out of our control. The only thing we can do is is work within our control and, and control what we can control uh, and uh, keep doing our best to kind of keep stretching out and seeing like what else we can bring within our control. Uh, and that's all we can do. Is there a limit? I mean, uh, what would be a request that you cannot accommodate? Is there a thing, you know, clients that ask you to do something that is just impossible? Expectations, well, managing yes. expectations. So I would frame it like there are things that are within scope of our care plans and there are things that are outside of scope. So we try to be really clear about this at the onset and set expectations well so that people know like exactly what they get when they work with us. If you like to write content in a Google Doc and then we'll publish content for you. Yeah, for sure. That's included. Do you guys add new pages uh, you know, to my website? I just need, you know the same formatting of this page, but change this content. Yeah, of course we do that. Uh, can you build out a new subdomain for me? That's a brand new site. It's still part of my site, but I just need a new website built. Well, no, we don't build new websites. We, we manage them, but we don't build a new site for you. Do you guys do design? Do you help with, uh, can you, can you, uh, take a, uh, can you do a pure, you know, PSD design file for me for a new page I want. No, we don't do that because we, we don't do design uh, work. We're specifically a technical shop. 
do you do PSD to WordPress? Can you like take a PSD design and, and hand code it into a new page for me? Well, it depends. Are you using Elementor? Uh, then it may be easy. Uh, <laughs> but if you want us to really, about yeah, there you go. Uh, if you want us to hand code something, uh, that's not part of our care plans, but we do custom work for people who are on care plans with us. So it's an hourly rate and you can do that for you. But uh, yeah, we, we have a, a big uh, section on our FAQ page about this. that we like almost always walk through with people just to be like, just, we just want to make sure you know exactly what the expectations are of what you get and what you don't get. Here's what we're here for. Like, and here's the role we play. We're always thinking about like, we have like a big list of like the things that people ask for that we don't offer. Like people ask for SEO a lot. And we're like, we don't do SEO. We, we do SEO for us, like our own website, but like we don't, SEO is not a service we offer. Um, we definitely have a list of like, you know, this has been asked you know, 10 times in the last month. And so we're starting to think like, what's the demand out there? What potentially could we offer in the future? Like, could we do SEO work? Could we do design work? Yeah, we probably could, but I'm a little hesitant to like push out there quickly because then we kind of lose our, like, I want to make sure we're really good at one thing. Uh, and that's the technical aspect of like managing websites. If you push into design, if you push into marketing, then it's kind of like, we kind of like have multiple arms, like an octopus. And then it's kind of, it can dilute what we're really good at. So, um, but I'm always keeping our, an eye out to see like what's on the horizon. So uh, who knows if people uh, complain or, uh, or tell us that they need more of something, we may uh, push into that area. The scope is quite vast, I have to say. And the, the new services that you just mentioned that people ask you, it actually uh, will lead you to go back to be an agency. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, we try to keep it, uh, our whole kind of business model, this whole business model uh, of care plans only really works if everything's highly systemized and everything is like done effectively. So like we have a 200 plus item checklist for onboarding for every customer that we have. We don't onboard every customer. Well, we, we onboard every customer differently, but it's always based on that onboarding uh, checklist. Uh, and so we try to systemize it as much as possible so that we're being as efficient as we possibly can with our time. Most of our time is taken up by website edits, uh, which is just going to be different for every ticket, right? But, uh, but we do other things as well. Like we, we really like when people use page builders on their website because it makes it easier for us to have consistency across all our websites. That's a big challenge with our support team is that uh, it's just that every website is differently. Every website, every WordPress site is put together differently. Uh, and so when we make a change on a certain site, it has to be for that unique site. And so if we have, you know, a page yeah. builder across all the sites or half the sites, that means half the sites, like we know exactly how it is to make a change on a certain site. And that helps us with efficiency as well. So I guess you have your share of experience or your team has a share uh, experience with page builders, different page builders, not necessarily Elementor, but of course Elementor too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure we do. So I, I would like to speak to you about one of the challenges in the WordPress community. And this is something that you gained a lot of experience with. And this is about remote employees, remote uh, workspace, uh, so to speak. And I read something interesting, uh, sort of a slideshow uh, presentation that you posted on your website, on your blog of WPBuffs.com. And this is, you basically say that hiring an employee or a contractor is difficult and it gets even more difficult when you cannot see them face to face. And I can think of many, many challenges and struggles doing that. Can you share with us some of them, some of the, maybe the, the struggles you had, the challenges and insights that you learned about hiring 
uh, employees from abroad, from other continents? Yeah, for sure. So I really like doing video um, like we're doing right now. It allows me to see someone to read body language, to like really see if I connect with someone. And I think that's I think that's important, but there are people who have been successful in other ways. Like if you look at Automatic and how they hire, I don't think they do any video interviews during the hiring process. It's all written because that's what a lot of their communication is like in Automatic. So, you know, just because I think that one way is a good way to do it, like there are people who are successful doing it the other way. So I'm always of the, like whenever I say like, this is how I did something. I always make sure that there's like the asterisk that says like, this is how I did it. doesn't mean it's how you have to do it, but try and take lessons and, and, you know, at the end of the day, make your own decision. But, um, but yeah, hiring remote is difficult. Um, we're pretty lucky at this point that we're able to, we have, we're hiring, uh, this is good. We're hiring for, uh, uh, someone to help us with growth and marketing right now. So if there are any listeners out there, that are looking for, a looking for, uh, a marketing position, uh, come talk to me, please. But, uh, we we're pretty lucky at this point. We drive a lot of traffic to our website. Like I mentioned before, like SEO is kind of my thing. So we drive a lot of traffic to the website. So I can like put a banner on the top of our, of every page on the website that says we're hiring this person like we have right now on the website and that actually drives a good number of applications uh for positions and almost all those people are wordpress centric because they're like they did a search on google to find a solution to a wordpress problem uh, and they found our blog so that's a nice way to be able to do that uh for us yeah i mean in terms of like interview process in terms of uh, actually like what it looks like from like application to actually bringing someone onto the team it's difficult for sure to pick uh, the right person because it's there are so many factors that that make are going to make someone an excellent remote employee. They have to be a good technician or a good worker. They have to have good skills what they do. They have to be able to work remotely. Like that's in, in itself a skill. You know, some people I talk to about remote work. I'm like, I love it. It's great for me. But some people are like, I need office. Like I need to be going somewhere. And I totally get that. But that person would probably not be someone I'd want to hire on my remote team. Yeah, then there there are like factors like like long longevity almost like it's it's hard to there are so many factors I I, I struggle trying to find out in a two to three week peak into someone's life um, like you're never gonna know uh, someone uh, who's applying for a job so well in three weeks uh, like compare that to like your best friend of 15 years. Like there's just, it's, it's hard to get to know people in such a short amount of time, uh, to say like this person is a hundred percent sure, like the right selection. Um, yeah, I think that, uh, the, the key thing for me is before we hire for any position. And if people are like going, want to go to our website to check out our positions we're hiring for Every position has key objectives that we're looking for, for that person to accomplish. So for like our marketer, it's like, we want you to like double traffic to the blog in the first year. We want you to like, you know, help out with double, double the amount of meetings we have based on, you know, new email subscribers or based on uh, conversion of like HubSpot sequences. So like we have very like data driven, like here's what we need this position to do. And then when I'm going through and looking at applications and I'm interviewing people, first thing I'm looking at, I'm not really even looking at fit, culture fit. I'm not really even looking at, um, I'm not looking at a lot of stuff. The first thing I want to know is, is this person going to be able to accomplish the goals and objectives we have for this position? And in terms of culture fit, I, I want to make sure I'm being explicit. I for sure think that's extremely important just because I said I don't pay attention to it at the beginning doesn't mean I don't pay attention to it. I do that to me, that's much more part of the interview process and the video 
process. Like you and me, like Matan, like we're on this call right now. And like, we hopped on, you were super friendly at first. And like, we have this good rapport. And I'm like, Oh, Matan's awesome. Like I, you know, I would work with this guy more. Like that's something that like is important to me. And I think that if someone's going to be on video with our team every day and be part of our team in Slack every day, like they have to have a good rapport with people. And that's something I think I can figure out uh, and have our team help figure out on the call as well. So it's an, another thing I'll do is I'll bring in uh, other people on the team who would be working with that person directly and have them do some, in, some of the parts of the interview and have them ask questions um, so they can get to know that candidate. That's kind of post initial interview. It's kind of like once they get to like a rounder. You also stressed in your, uh, what in the piece that you wrote, this uh, slideshow, which I find really interesting and really insightful. You also uh, put a lot of emphasis about the soft skills that you just mentioned, you know, to be nice, to be, how do you actually uh, can, you know, it's just not just soft skills. When you have your whole team uh, based in the Philippines, in Argentina, in some of them, you know, of course, in the States, how can you build, you know, more intimate environment? How can you have this fellowship, you know, um, how colleagues can become friends when they remote employees? This is another difficult piece of it because when you have uh, people all working in an office, you have that opportunity to brush shoulders, to like talk at the water cooler, to chat about things when you're um, just kind of hanging around, maybe in between a little work. Um, but when you're remote, it's funny, like when you hop into a meeting, you like a Zoom room or something, you, you have an agenda and you go through the agenda. And then when you get through the business, it's like, okay, like hang up, click. And you don't a lot of times have that extra time. So I try to build in a lot of that uh, into uh, what we do. So we have this Monday standup every Monday and uh, that has a whole team on there. Just kind of like a little review of last week, what they're up to this week, that kind of stuff. But we've added like everyone says what they're grateful for the past week. And so everyone kind of talks about, you know, some people talk about the team or the work that they did with the client, but a lot of people talk about family or things that are going on outside of work. And it allows everyone to get like a, a good uh, kind of view into other people's lives as well, which I think is kind of difficult when you're remote. Like it's hard to push outside of work, um, but that's something that we do for sure. Yeah. We do this thing on a weekly basis also where we, um, we just kind of ask a pretty open-ended question. Um, I think the one this week was like, who's your, who would you trade places with in this world? Like who's like the person who like, you would trade places for a day, like one of those movies, I forget which ones, but you know what I mean? Like whose life would you trade for like 24 hours? And so that was kind of an interesting conversation, you know, got to hear a lot of cool stuff about our team and like, yeah, it allows me to say like, oh, that person like considers that person like kind of a mentor or listens to that person's podcast. That's interesting. And it allows us to know each other, not just in terms of like professional, but, but yeah outside of professional as well. And I'm, I'm a big believer that, especially when you're remote working, like your life and your work or your personal life and your work, it all blends together. I know people try to separate it, but it's going to blend together at some point. And uh, I, I think that like, I want to take care of people professionally and personally. And that's what's going to not only like move our team and our business forward, but it's, it's what's going to like, it's what's best for the team. Like people need to have a, not just a healthy work life, but a healthy personal life. And the more data I can get, then the more I can help people. So this more information is helpful for me also. So, and, and how and where do you find those potential employees except for your website or the platforms that you own your assets? Yeah. So I kind of mentioned like we drive a lot of traffic. So we're able to, at this point, kind of find pretty good applicants based on our website. Um, but there are for sure people out there listening who like maybe don't have a lot of website on their traffic now, uh, or a lot of traffic on their website now. And I think uh, a few 
there are a few things I think of when I think of hiring a new employee when you don't have a lot of resources. So the first and probably most important thing is I mentioned I was at Pressnomics last week. I really like to keep a strong network of people in the WordPress community. Um, so Matan, after we jump off this, like I'm going to send you a follow-up email and like, thank you for having me on the podcast. And I'm going to maybe even ask you personally, like, Hey, do you know anybody who would fit this like marketing role? So, uh, that's something I keep as well. I keep like an email list of like 300 or 400 people, the Slack groups, uh, so that when the time comes to hire someone, I've, I put in the groundwork of, making friends and building relationships with people uh, and honestly like helping other people out with things that they need, you know, sharing on social, whatever, like the things that people will help their businesses grow so that when it comes to me needing help, they'll want to help me. And that, that is super valuable. So that's not something that necessarily people have at the beginning of their WordPress career, but you should for sure focus on it now so that down the line you've made good connections and you can lean on other people to help you with hiring things and referrals and that kind of stuff. Yeah. There are basic job boards as well. Uh, so I like, we work remotely. That was like originally owned by Basecamp and now I think has a new owner, but, uh, uh, that's a nice place to post a job. It's pretty expensive. I think it's like 400 bucks to post a job, uh, but you'll get like a hundred applicants from it or 200 applicants. So you'll probably be able to hire someone, but there, there'll probably be someone who comes through there who you'll want to hire. Um, so it's to me, it, it is expensive for a new business, but if you think about like $400 for an awesome new employee, like it's actually pretty cheap. Yeah. There's a, uh, dynamitejobs.co is one, uh, heymarketers.com. These are all job boards. Uh, and a lot of times if you post to one, it'll get like sucked up by other job boards. And so it'll kind of spread its way around. But yeah, I think continuing to work your network, uh, and making sure that you can post things to different places. Um, that's always helpful. Yeah. I think I, maybe one thing is just continue to focus on the WordPress community. There's like the WordPress community, like almost determines the destiny of like how people are known in the WordPress space, right? Like you're known as like a good company, like in the WordPress space, people will like want to come and work for your company. But like, if you're kind of like, meh, like meh, watch out for that company a little bit, like it might, you might get lower quality candidates. So it's always important to keep trying to not only like make sure you're seen well in the WordPress space, but like, just like do good work and be good to people and people and, and that will automatically reflect on you know how people think about you in the wordpress space so yeah that's three i guess hopefully somewhat yeah. <laughs> in some aspects it's really like a small village although you know 34 percent of the websites uh, globally are, are wordpress based and then after all when we meet up in the you know wordcamp us or wordcamp europe i know this guy i know this guy don't you should be careful of this guy you know this yeah. is yeah <laughs> i was that's for sure true um we actually just made a list um uh, I think it was like a few days ago. It's funny. You keep bringing up very timely things here. Uh, <laughs> but like just a few days ago, we had a, we made a list of like people to look out for a little bit in the WordPress space. Uh, and I obviously am not going to say any names here or anything like that, but it like, if you're on that list, like that's really not a good thing, right? Like if you're on our list, that means you're on like every, a lot of people's <laughs> lists. Cause we're not, we're like, oh, we love, love, we don't, we don't hate, you know, but there are for sure people that we don't want to work with. And there are for sure people who like, we just don't want to do business with. Uh, and yeah, you don't want to be on that list. Um, so yeah, the WordPress community, is, it is a small village for sure. Uh, it's a large community, but it, it's small and close knit. Uh, and uh, you know, word does travel fast. So uh, you know, I'll be the first to say everyone makes mistakes, right? <clears throat> I'm not saying don't try to push yourself and you may make some mistakes along the way and who knows what will happen. But 
on the grand scheme of things, you want to add value to people. You want to be friendly. You want to be nice. You want to be, you want to run a good, clean company, whatever, I guess, like do good. Don't do evil. I guess is at the end of the day, what you want to do. <laughs> Who knows? So Joe, before wrapping up, where can our listeners find you online? Uh, are you active on Twitter? Do you have um, your own blog to share with them? Yeah, I'm on Twitter, Joseph H. Howard. I don't really tweet that much, but if you like want to follow me, I guess that's cool. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, WPBuffs.com is where all the care plan, 24-7 care plan stuff happens. WPMRR.com is the, course. the video course, exactly. So it's kind of like WP Buffs open source. So we have our white label program, which is cool. Uh, we have a lot of people who are part of that. Probably people that other agencies and freelancers that listeners are, uh, are who know, uh, maybe part of that. But we found that a lot of people don't want to join the white label program. Uh, and that's cool. They want to do it themselves. So that's why we launched the video course so people we can teach people what we did, you know, maybe they can take a few uh, nuggets out of there and start their own uh, maintenance business. So WPMRR.com, if you're interested in that, WPMRR.com forward slash podcast or whatever, just go to WPMRR and in the top is the podcast. And um, yeah, video podcast over there, Christy uh, Trinos, who is now at Liquid Web and sold Caldera Forms. Uh, she, her and I do a podcast. Uh, yeah, it's, it's all uh, WPMRR, uh, so monthly recurring revenue. It's all about using WordPress to focus more on monthly recurring revenue and kind of create a more sustainable business. So, um, yeah, Matan, you'll have to jump on that podcast, uh, at some point as well. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So it was a great pleasure to have you on board here with us at Elemental Talks, Joe. And I think I have the, the feeling that we're going to meet up in some world camp on another, maybe in the U S Europe. I'm sure we'll see you there. I think you love networking and there you That's go. We'll have a few people on our team who will be at US this year. So if anybody on your team will be there, we'll for sure meet up. <laughs> That's great. Joe Howard, WPBuffs.com. Thank you very much. You're welcome. And any listeners, go and uh, try out Elementor if you haven't already. It's a great page builder. Thank you. Take care. You too.